sit down, relax, take your shoes off, and welcome to This Is Bodybuilding. It's a bodybuilding podcast. It's a life podcast. It's a journal, and it's an entryway into the hearts and the minds and lives and the souls of the people involved in the world of bodybuilding. I'm your host, Daniel Lansfield, and I'm a promoter, I'm a social media enthusiast, I'm a podcaster, I'm a teller of tales and a writer of stories, and today's episode is a very special one. Vance Ang and I have known each other for about 10 years, I'd say. Uh, we've enjoyed many hilarious conversations about bodybuilding and bodybuilders. Uh, in fact, it was on a car ride together a few years back where I thought to myself, you know, we really should be recording our conversations they're just very entertaining. Um, I think it was the, I want to say it was, I think it was the Geelong Conquest Classic that was uh, run at the Sphinx Hotel. I, th- I think it was 2013. might have been, it was probably the first year that show ran. So, uh, yeah, Vance and I went down there to um, cover it for Iron Man magazine. And we had a, a good sort of an hour and a bit car ride down there. And it was, uh, it was very funny. We just, uh, we had a good time. So, uh, today's episode sort of doesn't emulate that, but it uh, carries on that tradition. Um, of course, the danger when we sit down to talk is that we don't shut up. So an hour goes by, and it's like we've been there for, well, it feels like we've been there for 10 minutes. Um, the podcast today does actually end uh, quite suddenly. Unfortunately, the recording equipment packed it in about an hour into the interview, um, and I only realized 20 minutes after it had, it had failed. So uh, we had to cut the chat short. Um, we will be getting together again to record uh, what will be part two sometime, hopefully, this week, picking up uh, where this episode leaves off. But, of course, this episode is brought to you absolutely free on SoundCloud and iTunes. If you'd like to support the podcast, get over to Facebook, click like, share it with your friends in the bodybuilding community. But for now, enjoy the show. Both good. I think the American one is less bleak. How about yourself? Yeah. Which do you? Yeah, you... I, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, and Steve, uh, although was... uh, have you watched all of the English one? Uh, not every episode, but most of it. Yeah. The the very end, like it's it is quite depressing. Yeah, depressing. Way. Yeah. But I mean, I guess they have to try and round it out pretty quickly within two seasons. Um, oh yeah, but, there was only two. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. They do, they do a Christmas special at the end of the second season, and uh, it really ties everything together. It's very, very poignant. It isn't Do- uh, it's a little bit sad at times, but... because yeah, he loses his, his job, isn't it? And then yeah. Dawn and uh, Tim, they, they hook up, don't they, finally? I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't remember. So it's, it's a happy been, ending. It's been like 10 almost. years since I've watched it. But it's such a good show. It is. It is a good show. So, um, But The Office has nothing to do with bodybuilding. No, definitely not. Do we, are, we, are we rolling, are we? Yeah, oh, jeez. Yeah, oh, so I, I like to try and uh, get a bit of something lighthearted at the start so that people are like, oh, maybe they'll talk about something other than bodybuilding. <laughs> No, nice one. Um, so how did you get involved in bodybuilding? And I'll preface that by saying okay. I had a chat to Davin Scargetta and Daniel Hitt. They said I was from Middle Earth, which is great, <laughs> yes. <laughs> did they? <laughs> yeah, according to, uh, what's you know what? What's, uh, duh, oh, no, because we were trying to work out. Shit, where we were I came from, work, yes. No, no, we were trying to work out how old you were, and I, th- and I thought you were in your early to mid-30s. Oh, I love you, Daniel. Thank um, you, yes. I'm a prima donna, so. And... Then we sort of joked that you might be like 70 years old. It's just <laughs> no one knows. No one really knows oh, how God, old you are. I laugh like a little girl um, as well. Uh, 37 currently. 37? I'm 37, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, so how did I get involved? Originally, I was doing, uh, in the early 2000s, I hooked up with a good friend of mine, Michael Donnelly, uh, who was a former uh, actor, model. Um, he's been on a few movies and TV shows, uh, like The Matrix, Home and Away. Okay. And we started doing short films together. Uh, and we were doing them for Tropfest and the Melbourne International Film Festival. Wait, wait, are these short films available somewhere for purchase? I'm actually, I need to get them off uh, Michael. Uh, they're terrible. They're, they're horror and drama. Do you act in them? Uh, we cameo. I always cameoed as a bad, like as a sort of comic relief. <laughs> Right. So in one in one short film we we ran over this guy or the, the lead or the protagonist gets uh, yeah. killed by a car and we're driving the car right and so uh, yeah so we were um yeah we were sort of like oh we're gonna go to jail and this is not gonna be too good and that's our bit you know so it was ridiculous we had to cameo with something right okay. um but then I actually um he left he went to Perth and um sort of was left haven't seen him in about a year okay. so it's quite quite sad he's a really good guy um. So yeah, then basically I uh, thought to myself I'd like to get involved in writing and uh, Tony Lanciano of the IMBA, funnily enough, I encountered him at one stage and he said, why don't you write for Iron Man? Um, I'll give you a reference and uh, he did 
And uh, they called me up and spoke to him for about 10 minutes at the time. I can't remember the editor's name then, but he said, look, here's your uh, first assignment. And, because uh, Davin was saying that you were already part of the, yeah, like, the t- what long, team. Yeah, like 2005. I mean, wow, God, okay. that's, that's a long that's a time. Le- that's 12 years ago now, yeah. nearly. Jesus, I'm aging myself here, Daniel. It's bizarre. So you, you were 25 when you started writing for <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm, yeah, yeah, Jeez. yeah. It's, uh, it's been a long time. Uh, a long and uh, interesting 12 years. Um, yeah, I that, think, sorry. What I was say, uh, how, how do you feel about, you obviously know Iron Man printed its last issue yeah. uh, a couple of months ago. Was that a bit sort of sad? Yeah, it you? was. It was a profoundly depressing moment, I think, because... Uh, What's the old saying? Everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And this was the end. I didn't think it would ever end. Yeah. Uh, it was an icon of the industry. I mean, they, so. they still, well, obviously, Iron Man in America is still going. Yeah. So they could, I mean, I suppose they could continue to print American articles, but I guess from a cost benefit, it might not make sense it, to yeah, yeah to foray out into other uh, yeah countries really and maintain that American. Yeah, it'd be cheaper to be. Yeah. An American uh, publication, I guess. Um, yeah. But I mean, like, they're still running online stuff, aren't they? I don't know, to be honest. I sort uh, of. I know they've still got a Facebook page because I tagged something. I oh, okay. Tag something in it, or tagged their Facebook page in something the other day. Mm. Um, I think maybe printers. I mean, a lot of it's dying now. So you know, it's it's uh, honestly, I did not think this would happen. But uh, I'm a luddite, as uh, my old <laughs> editor Daniel Hedges said, and yeah, I just don't have much faith in technology or the modern age. Maybe so. Well, it took you a long time to get onto Facebook. Oh gosh, yeah. Like when when did that come out? Like 2006, Daniel, and oh, five? yeah, 2005, six, something around there. I think I got it in the in late 2007. Okay, I got it because I, I remember I got Facebook because my X had it and mm. she was like oh you should get facebook and i'm like i've got myspace what do i need facebook yeah, well, I'm for? MySpace. I, have, I have myspace that that's enough they I mentioned that on anything. super bad do you guys have myspace oh, that's a yeah, great line i have friendster i don't need anything else now. <laughs> um yeah but, it uh, took me a long time like 20 i got on 2015 i think but yeah you got on but weren't you booted off and then you had to create another yeah that's right I was Jack Burton that's right I was Jack Burton I was as myself but I was lampooning the character from that great John Carpenter movie um, but yeah if you're going to ask me how I got on Facebook I'll quote George Costanza for a woman you know, for a, for, oh, really yeah yeah she convinced me to get on um, so, so, so you and I have a, a similar story exactly yeah, yes yeah exactly we can both quote George Costanza for a woman, for a woman. yeah so um, yeah that was that now. Serenity, serenity now. <laughs> serenity now. That do, was you, do you celebrate Festivus? For the rest of us? No, no, no. We should start no, that. The, uh, the feats of strength. Feats <laughs> of strength. Every year in the office at work, we always take the piss out of uh, <laughs> Christmas and it's always a Festivus. Someone puts up the Festivus pole. Oh, that's right. That's what he did have there. Yeah, the yeah. A metal, tro- a metal pole. Festivus for the rest of us. Yeah. And it, yeah. Who was that? That was George Costanza's father. God, he was a yeah. bizarre guy. Ben Stiller's dad in real life. Yeah. Useless trivia for you, yeah. your listeners. <laughs> Jerry Stiller. Um, so, well, what was the first contest you ever attended? Because I assume 2002, you would have been interested in bodybuilding. Um, were you training then or were you sort of just... I think I got involved because I thought if I write about gaming... Yeah. I look like a nerd. Wait, you're you're a gamer? Yeah, I'm a gamer, sadly. So uh, yeah. Xbox, PS4, uh, PS4 mainly. Okay. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I thought I didn't want to, you know, be known as a as a as a nerd, even though gaming is just now a multi million dollar business. Um, but uh, then I didn't want to do martial arts because cliched Chinese guy, and I was a former martial artist. I didn't want to do that either. So I thought I'll do something I don't know very well. What martial art did you? Uh, I did Taekwondo, uh, then I did uh, Kung Fu when I was much younger under my father, and now I do French Savat, because it's fast and graceful like me. Uh, so so we, uh, did you, you did Taekwondo, did you do that through like Hall's Taekwondo? or one of those uh, Nose, which was, ones, I think, the he originally trained uh, Tiffany Hall, I think, or, okay. or no, he trained uh, Lauren, uh, Lauren Burns. Oh, okay, yep, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand a word that guy said, like he'd say something, and I'd it's just be like, yeah, well, Taekwondo is Japanese, isn't it? Uh, Korean, I think. Oh, okay, Korean. Yeah, but he, yeah. The, the I don't mean to be racist. Um, no, no, well, look who you're talking I mean, <laughs> about. Right. Oh, we'll get into racism later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll talk about some racism. Yes, but, yes. Um, um, yeah. So, so the, the, the sensei or whatever. 
Yeah, he, he is it a sensei? Yeah, a sensei? Uh, we just called him Mister No. Mr. Um, no. And uh, yeah, he was. Uh, there's a joke here there somewhere. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't. Yeah, his English was absolutely awful. And um, yeah, I don't know why my father enrolled me in it, but. Uh, <laughs> So then your dad took over teaching you. Oh, he actually, I should say, I should um, go back a bit. My dad taught me Kung Fu when I was about five till about 12. Okay. And then he basically said... Do you remember any? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Like, I mean, even the, my, my old man's kicking style, I still sort of do, like kicking me off the lead leg, um, you know, generating power and momentum. But my old man basically said he stopped teaching me because he knew I'd misuse it. <laughs> and I said, well, that's the whole point of learning how to fight. And he goes, no, yeah. this is about self-development. I go, no. Yeah. It's about being able to beat the exactly, shit out of people. Exactly, yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the whole point in my opinion. Oh, I don't understand the whole warrior premise of how, you know, you, you learn to fight so you don't fight. That makes yeah. no sense. Do you, do, you remember, do you remember there's an episode of The Simpsons where Bart learns karate? A <laughs> touch of death. Yeah, the touch of death. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and he goes to the sensei, and there's a, the, the guy's called Akira, uh, and... Um, Bart's talking to him and he says, we learn karate so that we need never use it. <laughs> that's right. That's like, Why? That, that, that pretty much sums up the philosophy of a lot of martial arts. Like you learn these things so that you, yeah, in, in the event that you ever need to have this skill, you have this skill, but you know, you learn it so that you're able to protect, not to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Actually um, there's, and there is that distinction, I guess. Uh, it's, um, it's just quite funny. Well, because I did Aikido for years at school. Stephen Seagal style. That was yeah. all. That was like the entire martial art of Aikido is about um, using someone else's momentum against them yeah. and actually not attacking, but diverting and blocking. So it's more about getting out of the way and letting them hurt themselves than you actually doing the the hurting. I mean, there's obviously a physical bit and the shit out of people element to every martial art, but. Um, yeah, it was. It kind of had a, that different philosophy. Yeah, you. General, sorry, sorry. What's French savat? Though? Uh, savat is. I think it was created by. Uh, they still don't know the origins, but they reckon it was uh, taught by sailors who went to Asia and picked up kicking styles from there. They still don't know the origin, okay. um, but it's almost like ballet. And uh, one of my heroes is, I think, uh, Roger Lafront. Yep. Uh, and uh, just his movement was just amazing. Um, it just the kicks they kick with the tip of the shoe. Um, and one of the trademark kicks is called the fouet, and you basically use the tip of the shoe, you kick the person in the liver, mm. that releases toxins across the body, and it drops them. And I've seen it happen in YouTube right. clips, and uh, I've tried to do it to a few people as well, <laughs> just to see how it would happen. And they say, oh, don't kick me with your shoes. And I say, well, that's the whole point of savat. It means old shoe in French. So, um, yeah, uh, fast and graceful and elegant like myself. So it, is, it is a French martial art. It is a French style. Uh, Boxer Francais is the, I think, the, the full title, but Savat is the, um, yeah, I, th I can't remember the name of the, the creator now, but... Um, the, the movie The Kickboxer with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, is that yes. what he, is he... It looks, it, since he's so graceful, I think he was trained in Shotokan and uh, Thai boxing, uh, okay. but uh, yeah, he's an amazing kicker. Have you ever done any more Thai? Uh, I've tried it once. That's, that's some crazy stuff. I did that as a kid. That's real, like... That's really you hurt the other yeah, person. You, 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 you <laughs> learn to, to hurt the shit out of someone. Much, yeah, yeah like, that's, like, that's good. Yeah, it's... Uh, my dad told me a story about when he went to... Um, when he was training in the 70s, his teacher showed him a uh, video of four kung fu masters going to Thailand. Okay. And they were all the classical style. They went to uh, fight a Thai boxer. This one guy beat the crap out of all of them. <laughs> Just, yeah. you know... Yeah, it's so practical, the Thai style. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, there was a guy up in um, when we had the gym in Echuca, There was uh, the Thai Thai boxing instructor up there. He learned Muay Thai as a kid by kicking banana trees. That's right. That's what they do apparently for yeah and conditioning. He used to show us his calves, and I'm like, I've got big calves, and this guy had like granite. Like it was, it was scary. You think like to do this to children? That's that's abuse. Yeah, exactly. So oh, he obviously took. He obviously wasn't trying to get kids to kick concrete walls or wooden blocks today you know chuka but um that's that's through the mentality that they grew up with yeah you stand in water and you kick banana trees or yeah, something that, it's really it's, yeah crazy. that's insane and that was that scene in kickboxer where he cuts up his shin or he breaks yeah that's oh. just yeah I'm, i think i'm gonna go watch that yeah it's a great movie <laughs> or blood sport or yeah, any van damme movie yeah 
Uh, but you want to go back, obviously, to bodybuilding. I'm sorry, I got on a tangent. On a, <laughs> take on a tangent. Take, yeah. We'll go. We'll go any 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 which way. Um, Jason Genova. No, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> so do, do you remember the first show? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, wanted? Daniel. Uh, yeah, it was 2005, I think. It was the uh, IFBB Grand Prix, uh, 2005. Okay. And yeah, that was the first show I ever wrote about, and I remember walking in. Um, and uh, Tony Doty shook my hand, basically gave me my press pass, and then his brother and his father looked after me, and I think his sister okay. as well. They were really, really helpful. Um, Tony's dad looks fair, like a look, or Tony looks a lot like his dad. Yeah, he does, they do. Yeah, um, and his brother, I think Glenn looks. Uh, yeah, I think he's a younger brother. He sort of took me around, showed me where I'd be uh, sitting, and um, did you, yeah, get front, did you get a front row seat. I think I was. I wasn't front row. I think I was maybe a little bit back, maybe about sixth or seventh row back. Because I remember when the bodybuilders came down and posed, it was Pietro Gilberto. I stood in front of me and did the pose. Yeah. And I pointed to him, he pointed back, just like that scene in Stuck on You. We predated that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, uh, what's his name? Greg Kinnear points at Matt Damon. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, I think the only time I've ever sat, I don't, I don't think we ever sat front row together at the IFBB Grand Prix. I, I got. Uh, Here's a, a weird thing. Back when the IFBB uh, Pro Show was at the Dallas Brooks Center. Yes. In yeah. East Melbourne. Um, 2012, I think you did that. You covered that one, I think. I, I covered two or three for Daniel um, in amongst f when Tony started doing FitX. Mm. But I think that would have been about that time, yeah. I remember, I think it was like 2008 or 2007 or something when I went along to the... Uh, the IFBB Pro Grand Prix um, Australian Grand Prix and I only got tickets for the pre-judging and when I was there Tony Torcasio from Max's okay. said oh I've got some VIP tickets for tonight would you like them and I'm like yeah so I got these two VIP tickets I think I brought my mate Calvi you know, oh Calvi, Calvi yeah, yeah yeah he's a lovely um, guy yeah. I think I brought, Starship Troopers I'm pretty yeah. sure I, either, uh, I either brought him or I brought my other mate Michael Santa Maria. That's the guy that with the moustache, the beard. Yeah, he's changed here a few times. Very quiet guy. Yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. he has facial nice hair. Um, they're like, <laughs> they're like me. I've usually, I, I actually, I saw an old photo of myself the other day, and I'm like, I've had a beard now for four years. And you are an awesome country singer. You remind me of my favourite Toby <laughs> Keith. You're Toby Keith. I don't You're look to like Toby Keith. Toby Keith is amazing. I'm gonna have to get a photo of Toby Keith. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, that, that was the first time I ever got, uh, I ever sat front row, at a show that wasn't like a NABBA event. Um, now you're actually announcing them, so you technically well, are beyond yeah, the yeah beyond, beyond the front. Yeah. But um, I, lo I love sitting front row at a bodybuilding contest. That's a it's a lot of fun. They they do engage with you. Some competitors do engage. I'll see you, and they'll you know yeah. do, when they're doing a the pose. When, dance, when, great. We, when we were in um, that that happened when we were in South Africa last year for the WFF Worlds. Um, Callum was sitting. Callum von Moga was sitting next to me, and we were talking a bit of shit. And uh, <laughs> as you then do, yeah. we started taking photos of the guys as they were doing their pose down. And then the pro lineup came on, and he was taking selfies, and the guys were jumping in behind. That's him. cool. That's cool. So was yeah. I. So it was uh, it was good because awesome. the stage was quite low. Yeah, it's a bit difficult when you got the stage, you know, sort of four or five feet above where the audience is sitting. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I remember that 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 very first IFBB Grand Prix. That was a good show. Yeah, they're um, very well run. I think Chris Cormier was there, and I remember chatting to him. And I think f I want to say Flex Wheeler, but it wasn't Flex Wheeler because I don't think he was. I think he he had just come out of retirement, or he was sort of, sort of teasing going back into retirement or something at that point. Um, Dennis, not Dennis James. No, not no. Dennis James. Um, no, Dexter Jackson was there. Yeah, That's right. the I remember, blade. I think, oh I'm pretty sure God, Dexter amazing. Jackson had been really sick right before coming in, so he he was feeling like crap. Um, and Ronnie Raquel, Ronnie Rockwell. That's a German, yes. Yeah, the yeah. Teutonic he, he Knight. Won, he's amazing. He, he's he a, he's cool. Year. He's a really he cool dude. Um, so yeah, okay. Whatever whatever year Ronnie Rockwell won yeah. the pro show uh, would have been the year I went. And that would have been prior to all the FedEx ones, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, leading into. It was leading way before that. Yeah, because well, FedEx started in 2011, wasn't it? I think it was twenty eleven. Yeah, or twelve. It's been it's been going now for four years. Yeah. Four, so yeah, it would have yep. been probably twenty twelve was the first FedEx. Twenty twelve, thirteen. And then moving to the Arnold 14. Classic. Fifteen was the first Arnold Classic. Was 16. it fourteen the Arnold Classic? I'm I'm getting confused. I'm on years. I'm not good anymore. I'm pretty sure. 
All right, maybe Tony can tell us. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Tony. I, I should actually. Tony, if you're listening to this, call in and. Uh... I actually have a list of all the comps I've been to. I should I should have brought that along. Yeah, that's a great move. Should, anyway, how many, how many comps do you reckon you've been to? I think about covered. I reckon about not many. Maybe about nine or ten. Okay. Yeah. No, no, actually covered, I'd say about six. Attended maybe about ten, I think. Okay. Yeah. I've only ever been to, and I must say to IFBB and NABBA shows, I just think these shows are are the best run um, in terms of what I've heard, duration, tempo, um, organisation. Yeah. I I went to one WNBF show. Actually, it was on. Uh, uh, you talk, that was because, uh, yeah, it was because uh, you, you. I couldn't. I couldn't go. Actually, I yeah, you go, couldn't yeah. go. But yeah. um, I met Sarah and Luke Morrissey. Lovely people, and Lovely they were. They were yeah. absolutely, they were absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Sarah, they, they, Sarah was just really welcoming and inviting. And I thought, geez, you know, if this is what someone from, if this is the way they they welcome someone from a different organisation. Yeah, even though I was writing for Iron Man, you know, like they still know who Dad was and who Nabba was. Yeah, um, I'm like, yeah, geez, this would be. Yeah, these are these are really great people, um, but I'd never I've never been to an A and B or an INBA event, mm. um, and now that Maria's on board with NABBA, former A and B, yeah, 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 I don't, I, I'm not really sure whether I'd get much of a welcome at the A and B. Maybe I'm, I don't know. I haven't. I've never really met. Um, who's the your A and B president. Oh, um, I know the Victorian guy. Yeah. He looks a bit like Patrick Swayze. Or I, I gave him, I gave him a bit of grief about that. I used to go, hey, Patrick Swayze, Patrick Swayze, just as a bit of it. Simon Rees from ASN, I used to give stick to about looking like Patrick Swayze as well, which was, and, and then he used to get offended, and I'd say, come on, haven't you seen Roadhouse? Exactly, Roadhouse. <laughs> Roadhouse. And then he goes, I uh, know, oh, but uh, Dirty Dancing was terrible, or something like that. I say, okay, fair enough. He was yeah. in Ghost too, wasn't he? Yeah, that was a good movie. That was a really good movie. Um, but I remember sitting with you at the, I think it was FedEx one year, yeah. and Nick Jones was on stage with that white shirt. <laughs> that was amazing. And you just, you just lean over, you go, Vance, oh, yes, Daniel, look at his shirt. I said, yeah. Yes, that looks like a very comfortable shirt. <laughs> I remember laughing, and hey. Daniel Lynn Bailey and her husband were looking at me smiling because I thought I was crazy. Yeah. That was amazing. No, but Nick looked very comfortable. He did. I've seen, I've seen, um, <laughs> the, the only other person I've seen look so comfortable on stage. Jack Nicholopoulos? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Jake, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, he wears that big white flowy shirt, <laughs> and he's sure. just sort of, you know, hanging out. And I'm like, you know, Nick's up on stage presenting an award. He's got his Gen Tech hat on and maybe his shorts and whatever. He just looks really comfy. It's just comfortable. And, and there's all, all these other people, like you know, all, all with their, their suits in and their suits and all, you know, getting getting all you know, up there. And he's just like, I don't care. <laughs> I noticed that about out. Jake as well. When he's on stage yeah. talking to your dad or talking to you. Yeah. He's just so chilled out. Yeah. It's the clothes that he wears, and he's a unit as well. So it's you know. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say when uh, when he he you didn't come to the the Victorian. I missed it. I think, I he was he came on stage. He didn't want to take his shirt off, but I interviewed him on stage this year, and. Uh, Everyone was saying to me afterwards, "Oh, you know, how do you think Jake's going to go at the universe?" I'm like, "I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to do very well." Yeah, like, I actually saw those. Photos he looked a lot bigger, even just wearing a shirt. He looked a lot bigger, and you could tell in the face that he was very lean, but he wasn't giving anything away. Mm. Um, That's but, what a true uh, professional does. Yeah, yeah. No, he was just kept in his own, kept in the zone, and didn't let too many external things get in his way. I think the thing about him, he's consistent year after year. I yeah. mean, it's just, you know, it's one of those ones that's cliched better and better and better. Well, I remember training with him here when we were 18, 19. Um, I think we only ever trained together like once or twice when Mary Trzewski was here and she was training him and he was getting ready for, uh, I was probably like the Junior Vix or something or the Junior Melbourne International. Oh, no, it wouldn't. That was before the Melbourne International, so it would have been the Victorian Championships was the only okay. show we ran in, in Melbourne back then. Yeah. So he would have been getting ready for the the junior Victorian Championships. Um, and he did that, and then he did the junior Aussies, and he did the junior Southerns, and went to the universe and won the WFF universe, and then took a couple of years off and put like you know fifteen kilos on, on in a couple of years. And he comes back and everyone's like, "Gee, yeah, it was a." And then, but actually, every time, every every year he takes off, he just gets better, um, and he's not like he's not a. Well, he's a he's a heavy guy. He's a big guy, but he's not you know 130 kilos because he's not all that tall. No, I, so he doesn't need to be. He's he's, he's very well proportioned. He is, yeah. Um, so those yeah. perfect dimensions and that presence on stage and his look Greek as well. Genetics, man. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, well, the founders of bodybuilding work technically. I think the Greeks. Yeah, if yeah, above, you know, yeah. all the Hercules and yeah, that's right. Yeah, 
that sort of physical ideal. Actually, the um, I did have another uh, story. I think you and me were taking that road trip to Ingrid Barclay's show, and you were saying that should have been a podcast. That was that was a, that was a battle of laughs. No, but that was that was what 2012. That that's so, it. Yeah, yeah, that was her first. The, yeah, uh, Congress Classic. That's right. We're like you mm. just you're driving. You go, Vance. We should tape this because this would have been. Just yeah. excellent commentary. I, I, I would have taped it on my Motorola Razor. Oh, my God. My <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a nice thin one that flipped yeah, out. It yeah, was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but so like, like that's how long I've been, I was thinking about doing a bodybuilding podcast. So probably, yeah, back then. Because I, I, I got into listening to podcasts in probably 20, 2012, I think. twenty. What was out then, I mean, in terms the, of the anything? One, well, look, I, I, I'm not really sure what was... There were a lot of like... Uh, radio stations doing podcasts or Triple mm. J used to put a lot of stuff oh, out. Oh, Triple J, yeah. But um, I used to listen to Cold Cabana, his podcast. And yeah, you're telling me about this He's guy, a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, he's an, ind- an independent wrestler in the USA and he does a podcast and every week he interviews people in the world of professional wrestling. Um, so I sort of ripped off a little bit of his shtick. That's good, that's to, good, actually. To, to, for, for this, because I thought, it was, you know, It inspired you. Well, yeah, it did, it, yeah. it did inspire me. He, but, you know, he's like six years older than me, so... I've got a few years before uh, I'm, I'm going to put that pressure on myself to be, <laughs> to be where he's at. But um, yeah, you know, he's he's interviewed some really awesome people. Um, What's the most memorable interview that he, he did? did? Yeah, oh, for you. He did. He did a good one with CM Punk. I think he's done. Oh. He's done a good interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That would have been good. Yeah. Um, like he's because he was working in the WWE about f- six or seven years ago. Um, he got into that system and he, he knows a lot of the guys and he was good friends with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Oh, the Bryan American Danielson, Dragon, yeah. Uh, because they wrestled together in ROH and some independents. And now he's like the number one independent wrestler in America and wow. every week he puts out this free podcast where he interviews people. I think his last couple of episodes he interviewed Edge and wow. Cody Rhodes. It's Cody Rhodes, the son of Dustin, Dustin Rhodes. Rhodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're Goldust. So, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, so he's Goldust's half-brother. And Cody recently re- left WWE after, like, 15 years in the... He didn't really... He didn't peak at all, did he, Cody? He wasn't that as popular as his father, from what I heard. But... Well, no, but, I mean, like, Dusty Rhodes retired in the 90s. Yeah. And then... That Goldust. No, no, that with Goldust... So there's Dusty Rhodes... Was the American Dream? Then there was Goldust, who was Dustin. Dustin Rhodes. That's, 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 that's Dusty Rhodes' son, and then Cody Rhodes is Dusty Rhodes' other son, mm-hmm. and that's and him and Dustin are half brothers. There was another Rhodes that came out that then I'm thinking of that didn't peak at all. I think he was in um, NXT for a while or uh, the the new cruiserweight division, and he okay. hasn't. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, wow. off the topic once again. But um, look, wrestling wrestling's a great uh, a great pastime. I think, oh, it's uh, brilliant to oh, watch it. Anyway, I. I I actually, there's a, there's a guy I know, Matt Muir, who used to be a gym, member of the gym in Ivanhoe when the gym was there. Why was that name familiar? Uh, he wrestled under the name the Jungle Cat. <laughs> the Jungle Cat. Hopefully, what? hopefully he doesn't listen to this and come come looking for you because jeez, uh, yeah, you'll be in Suplex City. Oh no, I was going to say that's um, a, that's a great name, <clears throat> great name. Well, no, but there was it was. Him and this other guy who used to train at the gym. The other guy was the Highlander. That's and cool. They used to do That's the independent cool. scene here in Melbourne. And Dad took us along one night, and Matt comes out and he's got. I think I think he used to wear a mask. So he was, he was yeah. He used to wear the mask and he was all. Yeah. <laughs> and I went like I was you know ten years old. You would have loved it. My, my experience of wrestling was watching Mick Foley get chucked off. Uh, oh, Undertaker! Yeah. yeah. Oh my that, God, that was Survivor Series, and that, like that—that that was what. Like I used to watch the WWF every week, mm. and my mum hated it because she thought it was just hypersexualized nonsense. Violent, yeah. It was just inappropriate for children. Um, and okay, fair enough. She was probably right because yeah, I was, yeah, I little, I was yeah. you know, ten or eleven or twelve. But it was just—it was so much fun to watch because like these guys were just—they—they they, they, they were they were doing something that for me just didn't exist in exactly real life it doesn't in exist Australia. in real life yeah um, so when I started watching it like Stone Cold Steve Austin driving a beer truck into the arena and spraying McMahon with and, and his cronies with all of the uh, or the, the, the two yeah, flipping just, the birds and yeah, yeah. Just, like I used to go to school and think man why can't I do this to my <laughs> it didn't really occur to me that eh, if you do this it's, a, it's a salt to, battery yeah you're <laughs> going to get chucked out I'm like yeah this is this is uh, this this seems like a lot of fun so when um, when dad took us to the wrestling it was Probably one of the highlights of my childhood, just getting to go and see it and 
be a part of it. But I know Australia doesn't really have the same sort of wrestling culture that America does. And why is that? You think why is that? They're a different mindset. Well, in Australians are more to, savvy. Well, maybe in the in the the sixties or the seventies, we used to have Mario Milano World Championship Wrestling. Yeah, and yes. um, Jimmy. Um, I can't remember his last name. I nearly said Jimmy Savile. That's no, not, no, 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 no
Yeah, pretty easy. We, we had Nathan Jones. He wasn't a bodybuilder, but he was a strong man. Uh, and he, I think he's in Queensland now. Uh, he went into the uh, WWE. He had a short little stint. I thought it was fantastic. The Beast of Boggo Road or something they called him. And he okay. was, I think he was a heel. Um, but, um, yeah, he was, I think, another Aussie that sort of made yeah. it, you know. Well, there just seem to be quite a few Aussies getting into the system. And I think it seems to be mostly girls. Yeah. Um, yeah. From There's a girl from WA and I think one from South Australia who have gone over and they're in developmental over there. And oh, wow. So, that's, so then the NXT brand it would be on. There's NXT, which is their main developmental territory, but I think they also do have like other training, okay. training yeah. programs and schools that they're affiliated with because you know, if you've got literally thousands of people training uh, under the system every year, hoping to get a shot at getting some TV time, even the guys in, in NXT, there's there's probably only 30 or 40 that are actually on TV mm, and the others, yeah. and there's like a, probably another... Another thirty or forty that aren't on TV, they just do dark matches for house shows and and that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, it's um, they were coming. Very tough system. NXT's coming in November. Oh no, I'm December. going next You're week. You're going to I'm NXT, going to oh, NXT next, next week. week. Oh wow! So the the eighth of December. See if you can get a photo I'm, with the Samoa four Joe. Seats, so oh man, I I really want to see Samoa Joe. I, I like I like uh, I like Samoa Joe. He's been around for a long time, and I don't I don't understand why he's in in NXT. Yeah, I mean cool. I guess he he brings a bit of star power, but he's. Yeah, he was like a headliner in TNA, and he That's was. That's right. Was he ROH as well? I think he might have been. Yeah. I have to double check, but he yeah he's done a lot, and he's been around for a long time. I, th- I look at him, I'm like, is he really necessary to put this guy in ring in in, in, in NXT? Like, he's he's kind of beyond developmental. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a good heel. He really is a good heel. Oh, he's, he's fantastic. Such a, you know, I think I found uh, recently discovered um, Shinsuke, Shinsuke Nakamura via Finn Balor. I really like oh, yeah. Finn Balor or yeah. Finn Balor, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, he's just a weirdo that Nakamura, but everyone's praising his it ability. Is, yeah, he's bizarre. It is. It's, he's it's weird. Just like drunken boxing. Yeah, exactly. He's just so yeah creepy and but I oh, know the Americans <laughs> love him. Um, you know, it's uh, do we have a bodybuilding equivalent of uh, of any of these guys? I mean, who's uh, who's got real character? You reckon, Daniel? Jim, Jimmy Cotantonis would be a good wrestler, but. Yeah. He looks mean and chilled out. Well, that's the thing. Like Most bodybuilders don't have... I don't want to say they don't have a personality, but a lot of bodybuilders don't focus on yeah. the the personality aspects of, of you know, themselves. Yeah. They focus on the physical. Makes sense. So, that's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I guess with, with wrestling, you've got to be uh, ready for TV. You've got to be ready to do a shoot interview. You've got to be ready to... Did, did you yeah, see that Sid yeah. Vicious interview where he goes, I can't do this, and we go, we're shooting live, and he stuffs up on live television. That is amazing. Uh, if, you get, if you get it on YouTube, look at Botchamania. That, I think that's where just, I saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah Botchamania. It's yeah. just hilarious. And you know what? Like, I, I, can, I, can, I can relate to this. We, we, we get on, like, I was on stage uh, in Ireland. 15 hours that event ran for, 300 competitors. Oh, God. Non-stop. It was live the entire time. If you're running a 15-hour live event non-stop, that, that's really, really tough. Yeah, and yeah. The, like the mental acuity that it takes to keep... That pressure. Act, yeah, keep your mind active during that time. It's really tough. And I can't imagine how the... Oh, yeah, as tough as I think it was, there were bodybuilders waiting all day to mm, get on stage. Nice, yeah. And I felt really sorry for them. Um, but, you know, like if you're doing a weekly live TV show for two hours or three hours... And you know you're doing that for 20 years. Like that's a that's a that's really tough. Yeah. Like to not and to not have anything go wrong during that time. I mean, they obviously edit very well when it goes to TV, but uh, yeah, try, trying not to make anything or to try to try to stop things from going wrong in that it's, well, you, you it's impossible. Yeah. There's always going to be something something going wild. I think on that botchmania, Sid Vicious says um, he's insulting Kevin Kevin Nash. And he goes, uh, I'm, you're half the man that I am, but I have half the brain that you do. <laughs> it's, I'm going to find that because it's well. just amazing. And then they just, the whole crowd laughs. Oh, <laughs> just Sid Vicious, oh my God, you idiot. Yeah. Please, I hope you're not listening, Sid Vicious, because I think you're fantastic. But um, yeah. I like, uh, I, like, I like Sid Vicious. Psycho Sid. Psycho Sid Vicious. Yeah. We came back a couple of years ago, him and uh, a bunch of old old but yeah a bunch of retired wrestlers came back and did a oh that did, they all did a bit where they beat the shit out of um chris jericho or something i'm assuming nah, it was a, was one of the new guys he was from the core oh and, uh, uh not the core he uh i can't remember he, he he's, he's got a bit at the moment where he's got i need I, i've got kids 
I need my job, and he's a, he's part of the tag team championships. Oh championships gosh, Rhino. Oh um, gosh. His face is his face is like right there. I can see it. I just can't remember. So uh, back to bodybuilding. Yes, um, sorry. Now, 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 okay, back to wrestling actually, because you interviewed a couple of WWE wrestlers for yeah, two, Iron Man. Yeah. Um, so it was uh, Batista. Batista, and the other one was The Miz. Okay. Uh, so Batista was uh, basically via phone. The WWE uh, contact called me. I think it was eleven a.m. Australian time. So I yep. obviously took the day off so that I could, you know, be there. Yeah. Uh, and he rang me, and uh, basically. I said, look, I've got about 20 questions. And the guy said, we don't have time for that. So what I did cheekily was bunch questions together. So I was able to ask everything. So you asked asked five questions and three. Yeah, I'll like hit it. And then I'd say, oh, and by the way, and then I sort of drew some sort of link between or nexus between each one. Uh, The other one was a Miz. I did that at the Langham Hotel uh, in 2008, I think, or 2009. And uh, that was in person. And he was, the Miz was great. Laid back, chilled out guy. A little bit cocky, but I think he put that... I suppose that would have been before he had his really big push. Yeah, yeah. So he was still like mid-card. I think so, yeah. He, uh, he, that was the time he was tag team with John, or John, John Morrison. Morrison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, they were a great they tag were, team. Yeah, that yeah. Was good. Morrison um, was fantastic. So, uh, so I always thought you, you actually sat down with Batista. No, unfortunately not. No, he was... Um, and I'm trying to find the recording, actually. But he actually uh, rang me and all his people rang me and basically we just spoke for about 45 minutes yeah. I, think um, I, I, re- I did read that interview a little while ago um, I might have sent it to you and uh, yeah I think it's, it is still online like all of that stuff was it because that was through for Iron Man that was for Iron Man yeah was, and that, I, was, that, was that around the time that they came out because I remember yes you were, yeah you it would have, would have been yeah it would have been yeah. that that was 2000 Batista was 07 I know that was the time okay, the, so uh, it would have been around he was probably in evolution at that stage, and yeah, he was. I think the peak. He was in the yeah. peak of his of career then, before he went into movies. But um, I actually had my brother was a huge Batista fan, so basically uh, my brother came uh, to back from work and basically knocked on the door, and I said, "Look, Batista, I don't know if you can do this, but my brother's a massive fan. Can he please have a few words?" And Chance actually spoke with him, oh, wow. and he was really nice because Batista was uh, a break dancer, and my brother's a break dancer. They were talking about break dancing, and I thought, "What I've, a nice I've, guy." Okay, like I've seen, uh, I've seen some breakdancing. I can't imagine Batista. It's so big, isn't it? Big, yeah. that that big, and doing like spinning on his head or something. It's just, it's <laughs> insane. That though. actually seems seems really funny. His um, ex. I think he went into MMA. He was an ex martial yeah. artist. He went into MMA. Uh, he was a former bouncer. Uh, yeah, look, they, these guys are you know they're really easygoing guys yeah. to deal with. I think you get really nervous, or I do, leading up to the interview, but then as soon as you get your questions, you get a degree of parody and you start you know, into the flow. And yeah, it's, uh, I got more confident as the Miz interview went on. He was just leaning against the window. We're just chatting. What, what did you end up talking about with the Miz? Uh, basically his, I think, career from uh, within the WWE, but uh, his transition from, it was reality TV. It was a show called The Real World on MTV. That's right. He yeah, was on that, and he, he was, was like a really that. controversial character. Yeah. Um, so spoke spoke about that. Spoke about his. I think he was doing a business and law degree originally, um, and just about his views on wrestling and bodybuilding as well. Uh, you know, he said he didn't want to get really, really cut. Yeah. And he wasn't the most in shape guy. He wasn't a Batista. He wasn't. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Randy Orton. He's yeah. not like that. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, Randy wasn't that cut back then. Wasn't he wasn't he? ripped. He was no. in better shape though than the Miz. Yeah, but like Randy now, he's, I think he dropped a lot of weight. He looks a lot skinnier in the face. Um, but if you see him like 2007, 2008, he wasn't, wasn't cut now. He wasn't really ripped. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure whether it was just you know stuff that they were doing training wise. Mm. Yeah, maybe he's changed his training up. But uh, he loves to slap yeah. interviews. I'd love to interview him one day and not get slapped. Basically, be as nice as possible to Randy Orton, just yeah. not get hit because he's hit. How many, how many people has he hit? It's been uh, some Mexican guy and then some other, some emo guy that basically made a stupid comment. He just looks at me and goes, what? <laughs> there was, there's a great video of, um, I can't remember what TV show it was, but there was some guy interviewing Vader and the Undertaker. Oh, yes, yes. It was, in, it was in Saudi Arabia or something. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Vader, Vader gets up and he, he loosely flips the, the table and grabs the gun. And like... The, the Undertaker uh, is just sitting he's, there. He's like, he's calm. He's, he's like, just like this, yeah. yeah, you know, like, I'm not going to answer that question. Or, yeah. Like, yeah, we're just going to do what we're going to do. But the guy was pushing And Vader got really, yeah, he really got rolled up. Like, Can I answer the question? 
What do you? That was <laughs> yeah. Crazy. It goes off with the guy. I think the interview was that you should really know. Look, don't anger these big guys. Yeah. Just be. Well, that's that's it. It's like it's like you know. I guess the 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 tagline for wrestling or professional wrestling is wrestling is fake. Mm. It's like don't say it's you fake. Never say it. You know, yeah. The injuries that they're suffering, a lot of what they're going through, it, that's not fake. Yeah, it's not okay, fake. It's like there's a difference between having a predetermined outcome for matches and it being fake and then it's like saying well bodybuilders aren't strong or bodybuilders exactly, yeah. are all about steroids yeah. it's like it's the same sort it's of it's not a misconception you, know, you, you can you can say that but at the end of the day the hard work is still there exactly yeah um, and if you cheapen that by saying you know people are going to react negatively uh, I don't know of anyone in bodybuilding ever slapping uh, a, a reporter not a reporter but we had that obviously that yeah. uh, yeah, Jason Genova uh, Rich Piana which, yeah, I mean, oh, my, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah my view, that. yeah, I'm, I'm, I support what Rich did to be honest. Even though, I mean, it is assault, and I'm studying law, and I shouldn't be, uh, or battery actually, I shouldn't be uh, saying I support it. But yeah, he really did the wrong thing by pushing uh, piano's buttons, and uh, he or, didn't. What was the what was the guy's name? Re, so Genova basically yeah. put something out on social media called Order Sixty Six and got all his followers to attack. Piano's yeah. social media, but in addition to that, they were going after Piano's wife, his family, his friends, which is uncalled yeah. for. You know, Piano did with, nothing to. With that though, didn't didn't wasn't there something about the guy having a some? He's got some issues. Yeah, 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 he's got got some issues. I remember you and I discussed this, and you told me off because I had a big chuckle at you know Jason's expense. But um, yeah, I, I don't know what he said. He's dyslexic, and he's got a couple of other mental issues. But like, I thought he had like Asperger's or oh uh, mate, some yeah. sort of. But does that stop you from... Well, no, but I guess, you know, there are certain things that if you're... Um, yeah, if you do have uh, challenges intellectually, mm. then some things may not occur to you that... Are right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like fair you, enough. It, it yeah. might just be... It may just not occur to you that this might elicit a reaction that you don't want. It might just be, I'm going to do this because I want to do it or I think it's the right thing right now. You don't have a lot of forethought to put yeah. yourself into someone else's mindset. Um, and I'm go- I'm not sure if that's what happened in that case. Mm, yeah. I guess, you know, yeah. I mean, Rich Capiano could have sued this guy and probably won. Yeah. Considering the American legal system and the way that operates, and everyone could sue. Yeah. Yeah, everyone could sue everyone else. Um, but you know, I guess they yeah they look they dealt with it the way they did. Rich Piano got a whole heap of uh, press. Yeah, he did media attention out of it. That's and right. It yeah. doesn't seem to have done him any any bad. His brand is still doing very well. Um, yeah, I love, it's interesting to say that because Mark Lobliner of Salvation, I think Salvation, or he may not be affiliated with that brand anymore, yeah. but he, he copped it from the Order 66 as well. And when he, when he met Piano, it was the opposite. Uh, when he met uh, Genova, it was the yeah. opposite reaction. He shook his hand yeah. uh, and was r- really calm and forgiving yeah. about it, which is the other way. You know, this the other. Speaking of uh, Mark Lobliner, he, um, he was supposed to do the Nabi Universe this year. Wow, wow. Uh, and. I think at some point during the year he decided to retire. Uh. <laughs> and it was quite funny because um, the guy who was who had sort of engaged him to get on board, because Michael Obliner was a, a professional, uh, a NABBA pro in the USA. So he wasn't, he wasn't, he's not like, he hasn't won the NABBA universe or anything, but um, he earned his NABBA pro card from competing at the NABBA USA Nationals or something years ago. And uh, he was sort of, toying with retirement and I think um, Eddie Robinson over oh, in the yeah. USA decided yeah. that he was going to try and engage Mark Lobliner so Mark you know said hey yeah okay sure I'll, you know, I'll give it a crack I'll go to the universe and a lot of the guys in the, in the UK were actually quite excited because Mark's got a bit of a bit of a following he's yeah exactly a yeah. Personality. Sort of status in the sport yeah and at some point he decided that it yeah, it just wasn't going to happen for mm. him and he's, he's, he's pulled away and backed mm. out and said look I'm you know I and this was like two months out of the universe. He's like, look, it's not going to happen. Okay. Um, and uh, Eddie Robinson started going right off at him. Well, that's a bit on rough. On Instagram. That's a bit rough. Yeah. And it's, it's like... It's a bit uncalled for. It's yeah, like, it's like, geez, man, just calm the hell down. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> like it's, it's just a competitor. You know, he's... he's yeah, but um, I got to meet Monica Brandt over... Yeah, I saw you. Well done, by the way. That's fantastic. That was... I... I it's an honour. It's oh, an absolute honour. I, really, I was really excited. I ended up messaging her about a week before the show. I said, oh, look, I'm going to be over there. I'm going to be recording some podcasts. I'd love to have you on for an episode. And I sort of, I, I used my position as, 
the world president's son to kind of, <laughs> kind well, of get, yeah, wangle my way in there. So like, you know. But she's a lovely um, lady as well. Oh, she, she is, yeah, she's really, there's a great really photo lovely. of you and, and her together as well. Uh, her mum was so, so lovely. Uh, she, we, we got to chat a little bit after Monica and I were talking and um, it's just, I don't know, you don't really think about the support people behind. Mm. Like often, you know, um, these days, there's this, there's this thing with bodybuilding bodybuilders where they're like, we brought this package or we did all we could. And yeah. then like, you're talking about the royal we as you and like your team, but it just sounds odd that you're talking about your body as we brought this to the stage. It's like, your body's not a car. It's, it's <laughs> like They're commoditizing it's, themselves in a way. It's bizarre, it's, isn't it? It's, it's, it's quite meta, the way they're talking about um, but with Monica, it was sort of like her and her mum and a couple of her friends travelled with her, and like her mum is like her biggest supporter. Yeah. Um, but there's just so much go- so much else going on in her life other than competing because she's been doing it for 25 years. I saw her. I actually, I sorry to cut in, Daniel, but yeah. I remember speaking of Monica Brand. I saw her doing fitness shows originally IFBB, then she went into Figure, then she went yeah. to WBFF. She's had a very long and illustrious yeah. career. I think her mum was not a competitor, but was involved in the sport as well. I think, I think, uh, I'm not too sure. Well, her mum, her mum looks like she's, yeah, she's pretty fit. So I guess, yeah, she's. They're Texan too, aren't they? Yeah, I love yeah. the Texans. Yeah, so it's, you know. Because um, I, I asked her about Lee Thompson and the NSL, and uh, oh yeah, she was sort of like, oh, I don't really keep in touch with with what's going on. And like she, when she retired from, or didn't retire, but when she did her last WBFF show, she pretty much said, and that was what 2013. I think it was 10 and 10, 2010 and 2013, she won the WBFF Worlds as a professional. Mm. Um, and then she sort of, yeah, hadn't done anything since then. And uh, so she's like, yeah, once she got out of competing um, and just sort of went back to normal life, she just totally backed away from it. Just mm. Didn't, didn't yeah. care. Like, it's like, that's, that's on one side of the world. And, it's funny because it, unless you're really heavily involved in the, in the world of bodybuilding, um, it actually doesn't exist. Mm, like that's true. My, that's I, I turn on my Facebook every morning and it's just like, it may as well just be like tits and ass, tits and ass, tits and ass. <laughs> and I, I oh, it's, it's bizarre. Like, you know, you, you, every day it's like someone else's butt crack. And it's like, are you inspired? And it's like, well, well no, I'm not inspired. I, I'm, I'm feel, I might feel something else, but I'm definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. not inspired um, <laughs> to change my life. Uh, maybe rethink my decisions, but... Um, it doesn't really, necessarily uh, make you philosophical that time of morning. No, it, it, no, it, it gives, you, gives you some other feeling. That's it's, right, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just don't... Uh, you don't get yeah, coffee like, after like that. But, all yeah. of my friends... Like I tell my friends, look, just unfollow me on Facebook because you're just going to get bombarded mm. with crap. Yeah, fair enough. And, yeah. um, and for anyone who's not involved in the world of bodybuilding, it's just, yeah, yeah. World War Three could happen in bodybuilding and no one would know about it. Well, speaking of which, that Greece, that guy that slapped yeah, that, oh that my God. Media yeah. attention. Yeah. And I had people messaging me going, oh, have you seen this? I'm like, yeah, it's I have. Terrible. Um, that was terrible. That was really, yeah. was very unprofessional. Yeah, and then he, you know, it's just... Apparently he showed Rafael Santoyer's his, um, uh, his junk. Yeah. yeah. Who exactly did... We don't know. He didn't hit Rafael Santoro. No, he I didn't hope. hit Rafael Santoro. No, I mean, that guy's the main man. He you hit, do not... He hit, don't hit, anyone, he hit but. the guy who was the MC of the show. And I think the, the MC guy came down to try and placate the situation. Mm. Um, and he's Spanish as well. And he travels with Rafael uh, like all over the world. So this guy's come down to try and smooth over the situation and, and get a bit of understanding. And yeah. uh, the Greek bodybuilders just slapped him in the face That's and knocked him awful. over. It's and you know, like if if someone walked up to me and slapped me in the face, like I'm a big guy, but it, it wouldn't you know, knock you. If you're not if you're not expecting it, you yeah. just go flying. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm just lucky that no one's ever come and slapped me. Although there are, there's been a couple of people over the years that have gotten a bit testy backstage. Or I've heard grumpy. of stories in all feds, and yeah. uh, I mean there was one. I'm not going to mention the federation or the competitor that smashed his trophy. And I thought, well, that's a little bit. I mean, come on, don't don't do that. You know, don't you still want respect from this sport and the people around you? Have a whinge at home when yeah. no one's, you know, or have a chat to some mates. Don't. You I, know. I just find if people get onto uh, Facebook as soon as they've finished competing and they start whinging that they didn't mm. win or what the, what were the judges looking for or it's their way of venting. Yeah. But you know, it isn't uh, it isn't professional certainly, and 
you know, but that's I guess one of the bad things about social media. It gives everyone a voice, even idiots. Listen, dad, dad loves that stuff though. When, <laughs> when someone else has had a show and uh, people get on Facebook and they they whinge about it, he he he's like sitting there. Ooh. Like, <laughs> Mr. Like, Burns, like, excellent. Yeah, excellent. Like dad, shut up. He's <laughs> a fun villain. Yeah, I'm like dude. This can happen to us. Like, you know, like there but for the grace of God goes any any promoter. That's funny, you know, though. Things, things happen. Things happen because it's, you know, when you're running a 10-hour or 8-hour or 6-hour live event, things happen. You can't always control stuff and you can't always control who competes for you. I remember years and years ago, we had a guy, uh, not, in, not in Victoria, but uh, up, up north. Um, he came on stage and it was quite obvious that he was under the influence of something. Mm. And he didn't win. And when he didn't win, all of the judges were like, oh God, is he gonna flip out? And he was fine, like he, oh, he, he was, okay, he was totally fine. But he was very jumpy and antsy and it was like he was at a, a techno concert or something. Showing my age there. Oh my God, wait a second. Disco tech. Um, I can't remember, like, I, I'm pretty I, sure I know what the guy's name is. I don't want to mention it. I, I, think I think I know the show him. too because I think I, I remember the guy, he was like uh, dancing and yeah. he was so happy. Yeah. That was great to see actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, it turned out that he was actually not influenced by something he was actually under the influence of yeah. something and it was we didn't like no one knew until he got on stage and everyone was like oh god wow, he's a bit too all right well yeah we don't we don't want to add you know we don't want to jinx this and or you know we don't want to send him flying off into the off in the rails there, there uh, was a guy at one of, of one of the comps he turned up i mean me and nick were talking about this in his jocks and he was out of shape <laughs> i don't know if you remember and he had oh. black trunks on and i remember sitting next to um oh, kayla ray yeah. Riley and I thought is that Matthew Santoro from YouTube on stage I thought well, God, that was bizarre like, he was up against like, six other guys that just looked incredible right. and he's there posing and smiling I thought well, are you taking the mick why are you doing this yeah, for like, it's that whole thing of you know people get on stage and they're not ready yeah like, uh, I can understand you know you make that mistake once don't do it again don't, don't, but you don't do it again because and that's immortalised for everyone to see you know and yeah well it's it is <laughs> it's, it's, it's there um, especially now in the, the days of social media. Oh God, yeah. yeah. So, so all right, go, go go back to go back to Facebook. You got Facebook in the last year or so. Yeah, yeah, only last year. Yeah. Um, have you found that's changed your perspective on on things, especially on bodybuilding? Absolutely. Uh, I think uh, I put a post up on uh, Bodybuilding Nation. Uh, Nathan Jacobs, are you listening? Uh, basically, um, praising Sh it. Share this on Bodybuilding Nation, and they'll all oh, listen. I, 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 <laughs> I will actually. I will. Um, yeah, it's broaden my horizons in terms of uh, networking with people um, news you know I think as a journalist you really do value news but there on Facebook it's there immediately um, you know before I'd you know maybe email your dad or email one yeah. of Tony's guys or you know email you know Jason Woodforth in Queensland now I just it's there yeah I don't need to bother anyone um, and I've been meeting so many great people mm -hmm. uh, exchanging ideas and you know I put up a post the other day about how I, I get annoyed when non-champions asked me to write about them and the amount of support I got was quite amazing, you know? <laughs> well, that's, that's happened a couple of times, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, like, it's happened, yeah. Uh, I know of one, one incident where uh, someone asked you to do a write-up on them because they'd lost a little bit of weight. Oh, yes, yeah, there was this one and guy. This was, this was uh, bear in mind, a week after my profile on Josh Lenardowitz was released. So, obviously, I was a little bit angry that this person would compare himself to that but um i had to walk away like craig david would say <laughs> walking away <laughs> to walk away and i had another girl recently when uh, she saw my profile on uh, fitness pro royal graber say do a story on me yeah that's what i put up on facebook and all these people basically said yeah she needs a reality check and yeah. it's, it's disappointing because the champions never ask you no they never they're so professional i mean justin wessels good example yeah. um you know i contacted him and he was just amazed that he was getting that he's such a nice guy and he's a real champion but that's the thing though. i mean the people who are in it for bodybuilding they're not in it for fame and glory and money and you know all that bullshit. if they're in it just for pure bodybuilding um you know they're not after the attention yeah and that's like i look at yeah justin wessels is a great example um rob vagonna yeah another great example you know like the you know, even jake you know, Jake's not about. Yeah, you know, he's got uh, commitments to his sponsors, but I'm I'm pretty sure if he didn't have all the sponsors, he'd probably he'd be very happy to just you know go about his life and and be quiet and and, and live, uh yeah live simply and just get on with what he has to do and and because it's about the training, it's about the lifestyle, the really. lifestyle. Yeah. Not, it's not about fame and fortune. 
Um, well, interestingly, I had a, one of my friends, Ryan Howell, um, who's an NBA competitor. He um, who works at Evelyn Faye. There's a plug. Right. He basically <laughs> told me he didn't know who Jake Nicolopoulos was until the Arnold Classic last year. Lining up at the BSM booth and Jake started talking to him. He said, I'm a fan now. The guy's just amazing. Nice guy. Um, yeah. You know, really talkative, very friendly, down to earth. Um, these are what real champions are, are like, um, you know, and I see that across all federations. Um, they never ask you to write a profile. They see you to a show, they shake your hand, love your work, walk away. So, yeah, that, uh, that sudden end of the episode isn't meant to be for dramatic effect. It is purely the result of a failure of technology. Damn you, technology. Um, anyway, we'll have part two available soon so stay tuned for that if you'd like vance and i to talk about anything in particular when we catch up again um feel free to leave a comment on facebook or on soundcloud or you can email me or contact me on facebook and harass me um as you would have heard from today staying on topic isn't our strong suit and uh veering off wildly into wrestling martial arts and total nonsense is pretty easy for us so just be warned uh part two is probably going to have a lot more of the same um all right well look that's it for me stay tuned ne- for next week no, stay tuned uh tune in next week for more uh bodybuilding adventures and mishaps and have a great week and i'll speak to you soon on this is bodybuilding <laughs>